point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And as you can tell, we are once again recording in the same room. We're always live. <laughs> the whole live thing confuses me. I'm alive! Don't we record live every time? We talked about this last time. I think so. We promised to reduce banter this episode. Yes, it's not going to come true. Or thanks, Father. <laughs> it's a pie crust promise. Easily made, easily broken. Although whoever made that phrase, Mary Poppins, has never made a pie crust. I like that, and I didn't know that was Mary Poppins. Seriously. Mm. Mm. So, we are recording a bit early this week. We are uh, in July, the second half of 2013. And of course, about we just celebrated Canada Day. I don't know about you, Father. Did you hey. celebrate Canada Day? I drank my milk from a bag. Did you just give a stereotypical reference to... Yes. I thought that's my role. In the, I thought you're the straight man and I'm the, the comedy guy. But I try so. not to insult our oh, northern okay. neighbors. And I don't mean the North Dakotans. <laughs> so July 1st was Canada Day. July 4th, Independence Day. What are you doing, Father? Uh, saying Holy Mass. and then, As opposed uh, to the unholy Mass. Oh. Uh, well, there is such a thing, but uh, yeah, so praying Holy Mass and then uh, going to go uh, visit a family and blow some things up and <laughs> eat some food and all those good American things. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, Yourself? The great, I, I grew up in a small town, central Minnesota, and so we go to a small town in South Dakota, Lenox. Mm. Lenox has a great 4th of July parade. Really? They give out fudge sickles, Father. How did I not know about this? Fudge sickles and cans of soda pop. Dear Bishop Swain, I would like to be reassigned to Lennox. Sincerely, Father Andrew Dickinson. Fudge sickles on the 4th of July. Does it get any better than that? I submit that it cannot. No. Um, and on the well, we're talking about news, kind <laughs> of. The 5th of July. What's, what's happening on the 5th of July, Father? Oh, uh, a new encyclical by uh, Pope Francis uh, called Lumen Fidei. Light of Faith, his first encyclical, obviously. Um, yeah, coming out uh, in, in record time for the modern papacy, four months in. Uh, he cheated, though, that cheater, Pope Francis. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. He already had one, at least partially, if not mostly written. So, uh, as, as you may know, um, uh, Pope Benedict, his first encyclical was on love. Uh, his, well, it, it doesn't always Space Salvi was the second one, which is on hope. Um, Caritas and Veritate, kind of love and truth. But but now, he, he, or last year, he started working on this new one um, for faith, and he had it partially written, but then he he wasn't able to complete it before he resigned. So As is appropriate to write an encyclical on faith for the... Year of. And for Pope Francis to promulgate and finish, and then promulgate the encyclical on during the year of faith. And he's also working on um, a post-synodal apostolic exhortation. Last fall was the synod of <laughs> bishops on uh, the new evangelization. I thought I heard that they were going to combine these two. No, no, no they'll be separate. Okay. That are, that, he said that'll probably come out this fall. Okay. Um, around the time, I think around the time of the year, uh, close of the year of faith. Um, the year of faith closes on, I think, November, I think it's 20, 24th. We've talked about this before. The... Um, the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, after which you don't need to have faith anymore. That's my understanding. That's a, once the year of faith is done, no you know. more faith is done, which means our Lord will return on the Feast of Christ the King. You heard it right here, folks. 
Right? So you shall know neither the time nor the hour, but you will know the liturgical <laughs> feast day. <laughs> we don't know the exact minute, but it will be within that 24-hour period. We're, well, it's longer than 24-hour period. Right, we consider the span Four. of, um, uh, well, we, well, first just the vigil, and then as well the fact that throughout the, the earth, yes. right, uh, how long it takes for that. So. so maybe like 38 hours and a half or something like that. And so you heard it here first, though, folks, uh, that our Lord will return. And so as the hymn says, we'll have no need of faith because we will see. And that was a joke, dear listeners. Yes, we please do not turn us in, the <laughs> church authorities. Um, dear Bishop Swain. <laughs> so, so, so let's come Friday. So when you wake up Friday morning, um, you will be able to go online and read it. Check your Twitter feeds. Yes. Check your no more Google reader. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure at some point, probably not next week, but uh, maybe within the next couple of weeks, Father and I will be talking about it. Father. What happens if people have a question for us about the new encyclical? They should email us, Father, at your, no, my email. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no yeah. Sorry. As you, if, if you've, I've, I forget sometimes because I do it every time. Uh, if you've never heard or never listened to the, episode, uh, the podcast before. And you're still listening now in your first one. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, you, as always, we, we, we invite listener feedback, questions, comments, uh, ideas for future episodes like, hey, could you talk about the new encyclical? Um, email me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. So maybe we will, in a future episode, uh, tackle Lumen Fide, the Light of Faith, the first encyclical from Pope Francis. High probability of that happening. High probability. But today we are going to talk about what we're celebrating, uh, kind of what we're celebrating the day before uh, in the United States, at least July 4th, Independence Day, the 4th of July. Um, in many ways, I think one, one, certainly one of, Father, the the the, the biggest uh, quote-unquote, secular feast days, secular holidays uh, that we celebrate as Americans. Obviously, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, but Fourth of July has got to be in the top five. Without a doubt. Yep. So do they have the Fourth of July over in England? They have the Fourth of July, but I don't think it's called Independence Day. Uh, yeah. So, yes, one of the big uh, feast days, if you will, secular feast days. Of course, even Thanksgiving being, in its origin, a secular Yep. Feast day, yep. at least it's promulgation and institution uh, in the United States. And so. Yep. So, so obviously I mentioned, you know, we're going to be going to pray. You're going to be celebrating mass and blowing things up like so many uh, others of us. God willing, I'll have all my fingers left. Uh, amen. Um, but we're celebrating, of course, you know, talking about this with my kids the other day, you know, we're celebrating our independence from England. Obviously the, the, Signing of the Declaration of Independence, which led shortly thereafter to the Revolutionary War. Um, and so we celebrate oftentimes the way you celebrate freedom. Um, the, yeah, all the songs that I won't sing because it's bad when yep. I sing. Uh, but, but we're celebrating freedom. But I, I, I think it's good, and I propose to Father, that we talk about just that, about what is freedom. Freedom. Because that is, I think that's one of the... That, that's one of the words that's typical of uh, endemic to American culture. We celebrate our freedom. We celebrate our freedoms all the time. We talk about the freedom a lot. But what do we mean by freedom? And is there really, is there a deeper sense of freedom than maybe we, we oftentimes refer to uh, or we, we mean in that popular sense? Mm -hmm. And I think that's worth reflecting on, don't you? 
Very much so, especially both as a uh, founding part of American society, so being Catholics in the midst of American society, also because freedom is being uh, used and spoken about uh, in many ways as uh, um, the grounds or the reason for many uh, new, uh, we might say, neo-pagan movements or activities within uh, the United States. And or just that neo-pagan thrust of our culture in general uh, to various uh, hedonistic excesses. Wow. Wow, you're really, you know, throwing it all out there. Yeah. I had some green tea before I came in here. Okay. I'm kind of hopped up on caffeine. Hopped up. Um, but then uh, also, um, also f- the idea of freedom is fundamental to our understanding of humanity, mm-hmm. which is one of the things as, as a Catholic, why we love the American experiment if you will, of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, because freedom is certainly part of our understanding of who we are and who we were made to be by God our Lord. Yeah, so so freedom, you mentioned, you know, human, one of the hallmark, one of the defining characteristics of the human animal is the fact that we are free. We have free will. Uh, you know, what is a human person? One of the definitions that I often use is, um, we, and what makes us different, we are, we are beings that have an intellect and a free will. We are animals, we're mammals, you know, we're, we're animals, but we have intellect and free will, freedom. Um, but what does that mean? Uh, you know, it, it, again, we use the word freedom in all sorts of ways, uh, but, but what do we mean? Am I completely free? Uh, well, none of us is completely free. There are always limitations mm-hmm. on what we're able to do. Personal limitations, limitations by those around us, society imposes free, uh, uh, limits on our freedoms. Limitations that we impose on ourselves. Like what? What do you mean? What are you thinking? Um, I want to lose weight, so I'm not going to eat at McDonald's or Burger King or Arby's or right. Wendy's. Um, but yeah, so I limit myself. Right. And, 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 and just maybe in a sense to get ahead of ourselves, where we're probably going to go with this, we choose to limit ourselves because it leads to flourishing. Uh, I, I, I become better uh, because I limit my freedom. So I think sometimes the way that, you know, every idea we can take too far in the church and when it comes to theology and so on, what heresy is more often than not is, is a, a truth that becomes isolated um, and in a sense grows out of proportion, like, like cancer. You know, cancer cells are, are cells that have grown beyond what they should and they're out of proportion to the surrounding tissue. That's what, that's what heresy is like theologically. <clears throat> And the same thing can happen um, with ideas that that become dominant within a society. Freedom has that potential in American society, I think, where where it can become, in a sense, cancerous on on American civilization. The idea that we can misconstrue freedom. Do you experience that? Do you see that in the students at South Dakota State, perhaps, on occasion? Uh, no, not at, uh, at USD. I'm sure uh, it well, happens. Right. But, I'm sorry. Oh, <coughs> uh, wow. yes. Uh, so no, no, certainly. I think we can see it. We can see it in high school. We can see it in the college age. We see that in uh, adults. I see that in me. Yep. As you were just pointing at yourself yep. there. For if you couldn't see, Doctor Bergwald, dear couldn't. listeners, I filled you in. I painted a picture with my words. Um, so yes, yeah, that, that it can go to that extreme of, um, you know, you think about uh, like a toddler, you know, or like a young child, like you know, I want to do this because I want to do it, you know, or I'm not going to go to bed because I don't want to go to bed, or kind of that tantrum mode of things. And then uh, you can think of uh, maybe the, the sullen uh, teenager, right, who uh, doesn't want to cooperate just simply because they don't want to cooperate on something. Or even then you think about, um, oh gosh, college students, you know, I'm I'm free, I'm, I'm out of the home, you know, uh, I, I, 
I'm going to go out and do this stuff on Friday night. Why? Because I, I can. can. Right. Right. Or even we think of uh, maybe in more professional mode of these things. You know, you think about um, people that abuse uh, capitalism, people that abuse their employees, people that um, uh, make ill-gotten gains, improper gains in, in finances and in, in business. And they say, because I can. Kind right. of the, the Gordon Gecko, if you want a cultural right. reference uh, from the uh, 1980s movie Wall Street. Yep. So in all those, we see sort of the, 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 the stereotypical definition of freedom or sense of freedom that's operative is free from external constraint. You know, so, so freedom in <clears throat> um, common American parlance means nobody is limiting me or limiting me any more than, the, the, than I allow them to. You know, I, be, I, I recognize that you know, I have to follow the law, certain laws and so on and so forth. Um, but but, it, but as, as little as possible, I'm limited by external constraints so that I can do whatever I want. And that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a true definition. It's a true sense of freedom. But there's, I think, other uh, more important, more substantial senses of freedom. Right. If we think about that freedom, it's really more of an external freedom yep. in that way, whether through uh, physical restraint, whether through um, uh, relational restraint, whether through uh, legal restraint. It's just mostly focusing on the restraints in that regard, the ex- restraints that are external, at least apart from yourself Right. in that way. As opposed to maybe... Um Freedom as a, so, so the way that some people, you know, freedom from constraint, freedom from um, coercion as a, go ahead. Well, and even with that, I think maybe a, uh, one thing to consider too for yourself is not just this freedom from externals, but freedom from internals. I think before we go to the real meat of freedom, but just also just be aware for yourself and for those you work with or those you're responsible for, children, CCD classes, freedom from in, internal constraints. You know, uh, think of Romans 7, uh, 17. I do not do the good I want. Instead, I do the evil that I do not want, and I hate it so. Right. So just even a first awakening in ourselves as Americans in that sense, as Catholics in the midst of this culture, is am I seeking that interior freedom, right? Or am I a slave to, you know, do I make a resolution? Okay, I'm going to eat healthy, and then I'm on the road, I'm traveling somewhere, and there's a spicy chicken sandwich, right? And I just can't contain myself, and I go eat the spicy chicken sandwich. Right. So that's an interior uh, where we're actually enslaved or enchained, maybe, uh, by your own passions, your own desires. So am I free or not then in that instance? I would say uh, no. Right. right. Even though, I mean, I, uh, Even though you don't have any exterior limitations, like you have the money to go eat at Wendy's, so there's no constraint in that way. And nobody's forcing and, me to do it no either. No one's forcing me to do it, and also no one's keeping me from doing it right. physically. Like, no, you said you're no longer going to eat spicy chicken sandwiches. And so there's not someone standing in front of me in that regard. But at the same time, I'm not free to choose, you know, in that way because of those passions inside me. And again, you referenced Romans 7. I'm not free to do that. What I, or I'll meet again. <laughs> uh, I do not do the good I want, want to do. Instead, I, I do, do the, the evil, evil that, that I, I do not want, want to do, and I hate it so. So we experience when we when we reflect on our own experience, we have those experiences of, you know, where we where we do something we know we shouldn't have done, where our conscience is telling us in advance not to, and we ignore it and we do it anyway. And 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 we, we I just had to have the Wendy's chicken sandwich or whatever it is. Um, we, we have that experience. Um, 
which points to the fact that freedom is more than just external constraint oriented. Right. And I think you can think of this. I I can't think of maybe you, Dr. Bargo, can think of a specific reference. But I think as well as like different movies or artistic portrayals, books of someone who is physically or exteriorly restrained, but maintains a beautiful interior freedom. Right. You know, whether they're in a prison camp, whether they're... Um, uh, I think actually one example I think of is the movie, I believe it's in the early 1990s, uh, In the Name of the Father, mm. which is about two men from Ireland that are arrested falsely on terrorism charges, the father and son. Daniel Day-Lewis is his son. I forget the name of the actor, but he's a recognizable actor. I mean, oh, that guy um, who plays the dad and just their experience of being in prison and in prison falsely and their struggles to maintain that interior freedom and, and the father really working with his son to maintain that interior freedom it has become enslaved to anger and bitterness uh, during their imprisonment. So that's sort of the, op- the the mirror of what we were just talking about. On the one hand, you can be externally free and yet internally enslaved by, by our passions or whatever. On the other hand, we can be externally enslaved in prison or whatever and yet still have interior freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that, that, that idea I think is sometimes hard for us as Americans to wrap our minds around because we so often think of that sense of external freedom. But for so many of us, we've never had instances of exterior constraint. Right. Right. We've always had exterior freedom in that way. I mean, aside from the cruel oppression of our parents. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So, but that's, you know, so it's, it's, we can celebrate and we do celebrate on the 4th of July, our, our freedom from English rule in this case, but the thing we need to maybe to always work on, and it has to happen in each and every individual human heart, this is not something that we gets banked by generation to generation. We, this is a battle for each of us to free ourselves from our passions mm-hmm. so that we can choose the good that we want and avoid the evil that we don't want. Right. Um, and, and so there's the, the, both senses, both of which are important. And again, but that leads us to this more substantial sense of, of, of freedom, um, freedom, as some put it, freedom for excellence. I know that, Father, there's a, a moral theologian in particular who we both uh, enjoy, so to speak, think highly of. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, this is uh, Father Cervais uh, Pencares, who is a Dominican yes, he is. Uh, priest. And uh, but just a... Uh, He has a couple works on theology and of moral theology in his special. And so here today, just a little bit from him, he has a book called Morality, the Catholic View. Morality, the Catholic View, which is, I think, a decently accessible book Mm -hmm. uh, for people to read from. And uh, but still a little bit of technical language in it. But here, just really planting that idea, chapter seven, where he talks about the freedom for excellence. the concept of freedom for excellence that we have presented offers us the necessary foundation for the restoring of the Christian life, its tenor as a life in the spirit. In accord with the teachings of St. Paul, we just talked about there in Romans 7, and the desires of the Second Vatican Council. So, again, freedom is always directed towards happiness, towards our true happiness, um, this freedom for excellence. Supposed to, you know, we're talking about this exterior freedom or freedom from restraint as a freedom of indifference in this way. So he has even just a couple little contrastings between the two, um, of these two types of freedom, dear listeners. Um, so like this freedom for excellence is an ability to act with excellence and perfection whenever one wishes, whereas freedom of indifference is simply just the ability to choose between contraries, right? Uh, almond joy or mounds, right? Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Exactly. But really to choose what is the best one for me. Uh, and this, is, of course, is directed towards happiness, 
maybe in a, another kind of nascent uh, thing, maybe just to hit it quickly and go back into freedom then, that uh, the notion that happiness is more than pleasure. Right. And that happiness is something that uh, exists, it's, it's substantial, it's something that we carry within ourselves, happiness, um, whereas opposed to pleasure, something that comes through the senses. Right. And of course, with pleasure, when the sensation is gone, so is the pleasure, right? But with happiness, there might be a sensation that is pleasing, but when that pleasing sense is gone, we are still happy. Right. In fact, we can even be happy when there are, are uh, unpleasant senses. Right sensations. And so this idea of aiming for happiness as opposed to just pleasure. Um, he, he, Father Pinkers, who, who passed away a few years ago, mm. also has another book uh, that, I, that I want to mention to even more, I think, accessible, The Pursuit of Happiness, God's Way, uh, with the subtitle Living the Beatitudes. So, so this another book along uh, these lines that, that might be worth looking at. But again, that, that point that Freedom for excellence. It's so, so freedom is oriented towards, you know, maybe a synonym to happiness in the most, more substantial sense that I already used, fulfillment or flourishing. So, so leading me to be the human being that God desires me to be, to be a human being in my, in our cases, men, a, a man um, in, in the fullest sense, a, a gentleman, maybe to use a, an archaic term these days, uh, but, but to re- truly be what we're called to be, as opposed to just doing whatever I want, where everything that I do, I use my freedom to grow in virtue, to pursue virtue. Virtue, uh, when we understand freedom properly, virtue is an important idea because that's all about using my freedom for the good and not just willy-nilly whatever I want. And of course, there's all sorts of little things here, dear listeners, to connect this to other things you might want to talk about with yourself, with others. Relativism, uh, the fact that we believe that there is a known life of happiness, a known life of virtue, which is attainable uh, by all men, that to which all men can aim at, uh, even without the use of revelation to a limited sense, uh, without the use of divine revelation, but that all men are directed towards. Right. That, that this is something for all of us. We This is how we all uh, achieve, for lack of a better word, human flourishing, um, fulfillment, happiness in that sense. Uh, Pinkers, Father Pinkers, in, in this the, the book Pursuit of Happiness, um, begins with a reference from the, the great early church saint and theologian and bishop, um, St. Augustine. St. Augustine, when he talks about morality, says that everybody desires happiness. That's, 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 that's not disputed. What's disputed is how do we achieve it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what we're we're talking about here. We use our freedom to achieve happiness. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. how do we get there? That's a separate question, so to speak. Related, but separate. The point is we use our freedom to get there. Exactly. And, 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 and even more so that freedom is only good or freedom is only any good to me if I am using it to pursue true happiness. Right. Right, because in fact, then if I think I'm pursuing true happiness and it's not a true happiness, then it's actually I'm actually misusing to my own sorrow my freedom. And that goes back to what we were saying—that sense of interior freedom or lack thereof. If I misuse my freedom, I am the paradoxical situation of enslaving myself, right, to my and, passions. And which kind of exposes to us when we talk about freedom in the United States in our Western civilization culture. Talk about freedom at the same time like an aiming towards truth or an obligation of truth or, or a true happiness to aim towards, we almost start thinking about like obligations, responsibility. You know, this sounds very unfree. This sounds very unhappy. Because you know, in our we have this expectation that to be good 
is a contrary choice to being happy. Right. 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 You think about the whole, like the cartoons or various things we have, like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, you know, and uh, the devil eat the spicy chicken sandwich, you know, the good one. You're like, no, just eat a slice of bread and a banana, you know. Right. The menu like that, who wouldn't die? The father, Andrew Dickinson, died. Wh- which one is the angel and devil? I was confused. <laughs> Uh, so in both of those, or in that case, though, it's still the the you know the idea that we have that limits limit happiness, that limits on freedom, limit happiness, and they don't. And there's all sorts of you know all sorts of examples given. Many, for example, around the idea of of athletics, where you have rules for the game, right? And you have to follow the rules if you want to excel. To use that word again, if you want to excel at the game, you have to follow the rules. If you don't, you're called a cheater. And, and, and nobody wants to play with you and you don't do well and you don't become the star or whatever. But, but those who do excel play within the rules. And, and that's reflective, you know, rules in games are obviously artificial, but there are rules in human nature as well. And when we follow the rules, we aren't, we, we, we are, we're limited in a sense, but we flourish. We find true internal interior freedom within the rules, within those limits. Might even think uh, maybe in a more secular use of the word idea of boundaries. Right. You know, or even just the old phrase, good fences make good neighbors. Right. Yeah. So if we, when we, when you recognize the fences, when we recognize the boundaries, um, they, they help channel our freedom, so to speak. So we're able to excel. Very much so. And, and so that comes back again to this idea of freedom. How, how are we using this capacity that we right. have? So in the United States, we certainly would say we have an unfettered capacity to do whatever we want, yep. you know, for the most part. Um, and uh, I still can't walk across the uh, Mississippi River from Minnesota, Wisconsin with a duck on my head because there's a law against that, right? Seriously? Yeah. Okay. And that's Minnesota. Okay. And well, now, now. <laughs> But um, I had to get that in. Yes, you did. But so uh, I have, you know, amazing freedom, amazing freedoms, right? At the same time, you know, in the United States right now, we don't have a lot of happiness. I mean, how many people would say that they're happy with their lives? Right. You know, while they're free with their smartphones, uh, with the cars, with all sort of other access that we have, we're not necessarily free. Right. Th- that we, you know, our happiness is low, even though we have all this external freedom, because we're not internally free, interiorly free. Uh, we're misconstruing freedom from simply external constraint. And we're not pursuing, we're not using our freedom to pursue goodness. The good, yep, yeah. exactly. The beautiful, the true. So maybe this, you know, on this 4th of July, take the opportunity, you know, before, during, after uh, you blow things up or eat the melting fudgesicles from the parade to reflect on that and maybe pray to the one who does give us true freedom and ask us, ask him for the grace that we might seek the good and become truly free. So with that, we'll draw this episode to a close. Once again, uh, please do not hesitate to email me with any questions you might have, comments, ideas for future episodes. Cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Until next time, dear listeners, uh, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.